Hi, hello. This is Josh Bow, one of the many editors over at MavsMoneyBall.com. I am here with another edition of MMB After Dark, this time coming to you after the Mavericks 114-99 loss to the Los Angeles Clippers Tuesday night in Dallas. It is, I'm hosting tonight as Kirk Henderson is away on vacation with his family. Uh, Jeff Cooperstein is at the AAC, I believe, uh, working you know, his, his, his real job. And uh, so joining me tonight is staff writer Jordan Brodus, as you uh, know from our mailbags, various uh, other things that he puts out there, and including his tremendous draft coverage. Jordan, thanks for joining me tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, this is not a fun, not, not a fun game to watch necessarily. The Mavericks kind of ran into a buzzsaw. The Clippers are kind of sneaky with their record. They're 13 and five after this game, but really that, you know, they haven't had Paul George for most of the season and they were fully healthy tonight. They were fully operational and damn, they are a terrifying team at full strength that for my money, I think they're they're the best team in the NBA when they're, when they're fully loaded, like they are tonight when Kawhi is not being load managed. And when Paul George is back out there, it's just a scary team, that wing combination of Leonard and George. And those two guys kind of had the, had their way with the Mavs. Leonard didn't really, shoot all that well uh, early on but he kind of picked it up in the second half and those two were just a nightmare on defense all well, night uh, so yeah, jordan what are I your mean, kind of initial thoughts if this would have been crazy to say before the season started but if there is ever a motivation for the mavericks to be like in that four or five spot at the end of the season tonight's game should be all that they need to be motivated to get there because the Clippers are going to end up in one of those top three spots. I think they're the best team. They're, I think they're probably the best team in the NBA when they're fully healthy and everyone's playing. Uh, and if the Mavericks are, you know, going to lock down a playoff spot, they do not want to face uh, the Clippers in the first round. So uh, <laughs> they should they should aim for one of those uh, four or five spots because. Uh, you don't want to have to fall into a first round matchup with the Clippers. They're just, I think that they are the best collection of like elite two way players that the league has as like a roster. They have so many guys who can play at both ends of the floor, like aggressively and they all can score in kind of a variety of ways. And it's, you know, over the last couple of years, seeing Kawhi dominate teams as the Mavericks really haven't been relevant is one thing. But to watch him kind of just like uh, robotically dismember the team, even on an off night. I mean, he was 11 of 21 from the field, solid, but like wasn't overly dominant in any way. I didn't feel like he took the game over, uh, but he just kind of surgically breaks the team down it was it was kind of tough to watch yeah it kind of feels like the clippers were almost like genetically engineered to stop this specific version of the mavericks it's just such a tough matchup for them because they've got so many versatile defenders to throw at luka Doncic. you know between paul george Kawhi leonard patrick beverly and even you know some decent rangy wings like mo harkless and jermichael green and montrez harrell at the rim you know, they just there's not a lot of there's not a lot of guys you can switch on to Luca to let him take advantage. Really, the only guy that plays big minutes for them that you would feel okay is probably Lou Williams. And 
the Clippers just have so many good team defenders, individual defenders around Lou that they can kind of cover for his his warts and, and make up for it. And I feel like that's kind of what happened. You know, every time the Mavericks tried to run some type of pick and roll action, it felt like George or Leonard was just blowing it up. Um, how many turnovers did the Ma- Mavericks had twenty turnovers? Uh, Clippers had twelve steals, and it was just it just felt like every time the Mavericks tried to do something, generate some offense get Luca going in the pick and roll where he's been so deadly. It, it felt like, you know, one or two dribbles and then all of a sudden Kawhi has the ball or George has the ball or, or, or the it's been poked away and another Clipper is streaking to pick up the ball and head down the other way. It, it's just so tough. And then another th- reason why this is such a, a brutal matchup because, you know, Kawhi and George are, are a load to bear, but the Mavericks just don't have a lot of wings to counter that. It's really Dorian Finney-Smith on an island, uh, especially when uh, Justin Jackson doesn't get a lot of time. I don't believe he played. He played two minutes. I believe they were like in garbage time. So he didn't really get to play. So, D, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith and Luca are really your only two true wings. Hardaway is more of a guard and and so it, so it was right. So that's already tough. And then another thing, the Mavericks, one of their biggest strengths is they have one of the best benches in the NBA. And when teams go to their bench, the Mavericks just kind of mop the floor. And, you know, normally when you go to your bench, it's like, hey, just hold water until the starters come back. With the Mavericks, it's the bench extends the lead. And so the starters can like nurse the lead down uh, once the bench is done. Against the Clippers, you can't do that with, with Williams no. and Harrell coming off the bench. It, it felt like the Mavericks just didn't have an advantage at any point in this game because. You well, know, and yeah. and the when the Mavericks are clicking, if if the bench is clicking, you know, even I I don't know that they could ever match the output that like Harrell and Williams have off the bench, uh, like the Clippers have on any given night. But when they're clicking, you know, they they do uh, they either keep leads or extend leads. They've been like the the impetus for a, a number of comebacks this season. But it felt like early on in the game, they sort of resorted back to some of the bad habits that got them into some ugly messes earlier in the season where there was just kind of a lot of standing around waiting for guys to create off the dribble. There wasn't, it didn't seem like there was as much activity. And I think part of it is they sort of looked exhausted. I mean, just trying to defend the Clippers uh, physical play, I think wore them down early and then sort of simplified the, the offense uh, ended up in some tough looks or guys taking sort of lazy shots. And when that starts happening, uh, things can kind of go downhill sort of fast, especially when the Clippers were scoring at the rate that they were. I mean, uh, that's that's going to be tough on any night. I think for me, about halfway through the game, my only concern is like, brush this game off. This is one game. It was a barometer test to kind of say, like, where are the Mavericks really uh, against elite competition i mean they they surprised me at least on sunday against houston uh kind of catching houston off guard and just playing aggressive from the tip but like hopefully this game doesn't carry over into the next couple games uh you don't want to see because this this could be a tough game to bounce back from but uh just brush it off and you know move on to the next one it's a tough they have a tough week here against a number of uh really good teams but uh, this can kind of just be an isolated game and say, okay, now we know, and let's go on to the next one. It's it's easy to be disappointed in a game like this because you're you're so excited to see what the Mavericks can do after they kind of ran roughshod over some really bad teams, you know, 
blowing out the Warriors, blowing out the Cavs. Uh, you know, they did sprinkle in two good wins against the uh, Raptors and against the uh, Rockets, but you kind of want to go, okay, so what, so what is this team really? You know, you kind of just want to know. And it's, it's clearly, you know, it's disappointing when you have, like you said, a barometer kind of test and, you know, the Mavericks failed it, but that's okay because, you know, it's a failure if you think the Mavericks are going to be a top three team in the league or top three team in the West. For a Mavericks team that's just trying to get back into the playoffs, you know, it's obviously not like an emergency kind of loss. And really, you know, they, as the score, you know, they kept the score relatively okay. Like there were so many opportunities for the Clippers to kind of turn this game into a laugher. And while it wasn't really close in the second half, it also didn't become something embarrassing. So the Mavericks can kind of hang their hat on that. At least, you know, obviously they probably don't want to take a moral victory, but but and they got, yeah, it's hard to feel mad about, you know, it's not, it's hard to feel mad about this game because really no. the Clippers are, I mean, this is like a, if this roster and this lineup played, you know, 75 to 80 games, this would be like a 67 or 70 win team. But, oh yeah. So I mean, it, they, yeah. they're such a complete team. And the great thing is after they play Phoenix and LA, which could be two tough games, they have a string of like very winnable games to start December uh, so, you know, this is just kind of one, this can be one little bump in the road and, you know, just, I guess that's the luxury that you have right now with the way they're playing is to say like, this doesn't need to define anything. It's just, okay, now we know it's a tough team. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, I want to say, uh, it's, you know, it's obviously really hard to win when Luca goes four fourteen, Kristaps goes four thirteen. Those are your two main guys. Uh, Kristaps in particular, it didn't look great. He perked up a little bit in the third quarter. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is the type of game, you know, the Clippers started kind of a small ball lineup. You know, they played Mo Harkless at the four and then they start Zubox at the, at the five. I was really hoping they got into it a little bit in the third quarter. I would have liked to seen some more KP at the five to try to try to force one of the Clippers bigs to guard KP. Cause when you're playing right. KP with, with Maxi or Dwight, you can put Zubots or, Harrell on Maxi or Dwight, and then you can put Harkless, uh, Pat Patterson, Jermichael Green on on KP, and I think the Clippers would rather have that because, you know, KP's been so horrible on post-ups and isolations. You know, right. you'd rather have someone, you know, a little bit more of a mobile big to guard him on the perimeter on off-ball action. And the Mavericks didn't really, couldn't really take advantage of that in the first half because they played with two bigs most of the game. And, you know, they got into it a little bit in the third quarter and KP had a couple makes and it looked a little better. Obviously, it just wasn't his night and it didn't, you know, it, they couldn't get that to get them back all the way back into the game. But uh, just something to think about. Uh, they were Mavericks really haven't played KP at the five a lot at all this year. They've played him with Powell or Kleba, you know, almost exclusively all season. Well, and that so, kind of goes back to that uh, in Houston on Sunday, they did play him at the five with Justin Jackson at the four because Kleba and Powell had some early foul trouble. And that was a really interesting lineup. It was mostly bench players or all bench players, I think, and KP. And they were able to like run some kind of interesting actions. They had three guards. They were all ball handlers. Uh around the perimeter and I think eventually that's something they'll they'll play around with more that's what I kind of caught myself daydreaming about tonight is like how would Carlisle make adjustments in a seven game series against the Clippers to see how could he you know find ways to try to exploit any kind of mismatch though it may be hard against the Clippers in general uh but 
Yeah, I, I think that's something that that Carlisle will toy around with, but uh, I think trying to find, you know, where does KP feel the most comfortable right now? I don't know that there's a clear answer for that other than maybe on catch and shoot threes. Yeah, as long as, you know, they definitely need to cut his ISOs and post-ups. I'm writing about that right now in a column uh, for tomorrow. He's looked so much better with off-ball actions in this recent winning stretch. So, yeah, they definitely need to continue that. Um, Another big thing, you know, this is kind of the do or die for the Mavericks all season is are there role players hitting threes? Yes, they probably won. No, they probably lost. Yeah. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. One of four from three. Dorian Finney-Smith, one of four. Maxi Kleba, O of two. Brunson and Wright combined, O for one. And I'm just uh, now seeing this. Doncic was O of eight from three? Yeah, he did not have a great, great Oh, dear God. Tonight. Yeah. Um, definitely made up for it at the free throw line. 16 free throw attempts. So yeah. the... Uh, the hardened Luke and Luca comparisons are only going to grow stronger after right. this game, but yeah, they, the Mavs just didn't, you know, Hardaway. Hey, this was bound to happen. He was bound to, to come back to Earth. Um, yeah, I mean, this so. is what I wanted. I wanted to see what happens after Hardaway has a tough game. How does he recover from that? That's to me is what's going to define whether he can long term be a starter or not. Yeah, that'll be interesting for sure because you know it's it's impossible to expect him to play like he was in the last four yeah, games. So it's yeah. crazy. So yeah, like you're right. What's he is he going to respond with a quality game against the Suns uh, later this week, or does he continue? Does he struggle again? Uh, it was nice to see Seth Curry show a pulse. It's a shame that it happened in kind of a, a loss. So you wonder right. how meaningful his his contributions were. But right, you know, only being a minus two, 13 points. He hit three three pointers which I believe he hasn't hit multiple three-pointers since that Toronto game. And then before that, wow. it was the Memphis game. Okay. Um, so it's he's been in a – that's another thing. He's been one of the most confusing Mavericks, I think, this year. You know, he felt like the easiest guy to peg in terms of, yes, he will contribute. He will help winning. Like, duh. You know, like he's on a question mark, and he's just been so inconsistent this season. But So it was nice to see him show a pulse, but – Berea was the only other guy on the bench that really did much 12 points on 11 shots hit hit a couple threes and uh, normally normally I'm the one that's sort of like eh, do we need to put Berea in I'd like to see the young guys have to fight through this but he provided a nice spark and some of these other younger or newer Maverick guards needs to learn from that and you know try to pick his brain about how he's getting through these defenses because he was he wasn't always getting great looks but he was getting like Solid looks and just like creating mismatches, creating the defense scramble a little bit, which no one else was really doing at that point. Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing that caught my eye, Maxi Kleba, only 18 minutes, missed all his shots. Yeah. Minus 19, only one block, didn't seem to really make much of an impact. And you feel like if the Mavericks want to win, win a game against a team like the Clippers, you know, they need his versatile switching defense to, to throw against Kawhi and Leonard and Lou Williams and Harrell. Um, and something I've noticed, he he's not blocking shots at the rate that he did last year. And maybe that's right. just like a regression, but, um, he, only he has... was also, he was also the pretty much the only shot blocker last year. And though most of Porzingis's shot blocking, uh, opportunities come off the weak side or helping, uh, I think there is some of that that has gone to Porzingis when maybe it would have been Maxi last year or earlier this season. Yeah, that's a good point. They're definitely, you know, with him playing next to KP, the defense is funneling everything to KP, not necessarily Maxi. 
Um, so that would that would cause a drop off. I'm just interested. I'm curious to know if, how much of it is that, or has there been a little bit of a drop off? But sure, I, I, I think it's the former because watching him, you know, outside of tonight, you know, I think he has still been good defensively. So I mean, he, he's and he's a great on ball defender when when the ball gets dumped down to a post player, he forces even really good post offensive players into tough shots. They may get to their spots, but he's going to at least get a hand up and sort of redirect the path of the shot. He may not always get the block, but I've been pretty impressed with him. Even in those moments where he gets kind of isolated down on the block, he holds his own pretty well. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a it's a tough loss, but it's not one to to hang your head around. You know, obviously the Mavericks are probably pretty disappointed, but in terms of us as of as, as observers, like kind of when as as expected. I can't say I'm too disappointed. Obviously, no. you'd like it to be closer, but it's a good reminder. Like, hey, you know, the Mavericks are great. Well, you know, they're good. They're they're having a great season compared to expectations. You know, this is just kind of a hey. You know, this is kind of where they stand in the league. Now they need to kind of like you said, pick themselves back up and, and kind of work on, on, on their weaknesses. Jordan, is there, is there anything else that you wanted to note before, before we head out? I think this was the first game they did not score a hundred points. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I mean, not surprising. The Clippers are an, an incredible defense. So if it was going to happen, it was probably going to be tonight. Yeah. Uh, But impressive that they made it, what, 17, 16, 17 games with, without going under a hundred. Yeah, man, I just don't know what you do when Kawhi and Paul George are at full operation, hundred percent. Like that yeah. is just a. It is and a you definitely two-way... you can't shoot twenty nine percent from three as a team and expect to keep up with the Clippers. Right. Um, I was I was talking about this uh, on Twitter, but you know, with like LeBron and Wade when they teamed up, you know, it was obviously they were almost impossible to stop. But the thought process was, hey, they're not proven three-point shooters so maybe try to force them into long shots you know and and keep them out of the paint and back off of them you know that was like at least something you would think about when Steph and Katie Katie joined you're like okay well they can both shoot but maybe you try to punish Steph on defense like maybe that's your only hope with Kawhi and Paul George it's like they're both defensive player of the year caliber players they're both ridiculous offensive players it's like man it's it's like two terminators on the floor like I don't I don't understand where you pinpoint you know, the weakness to try to attack when you've got those two guys playing at all levels and especially a Mavericks team that outside of Luca, it's hard to exploit, you know, you know, guys that play on the wing, you know, they're kind of weak at wing. So it's just a tough matchup. Those God, those it two is. guys are good. Yeah. It's a tough team. I'm excited to see what they do the rest of the season. And uh, I'll keep my fingers crossed that uh, that's not the first round matchup for the Mavericks. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Well, I think that's about it. Uh, that's all I've got. Jordan, thanks for uh, hopping on for the first time. Appreciate it. I know you've had a pretty busy, hectic schedule, so I'm glad you got to, first of all, catch the game and, and then be able to hop on with me. So thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So this is Josh Bow and Jordan Brodus. We will uh, talk to you next time on Friday. Not sure who it's going to be, but it'll probably be me and, and someone else. We'll figure it out. Uh, until then, you listen to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Check the site for more post-game coverage, and we'll talk to you on Friday night.